0: Day, December eleventh, we are back again with the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, joined as always by my two co-host cohorts, whatever yes. you want to call them, compadres. Uh, <laughs> I'm a hort, a horse. <laughs> yes. Only a cohort though. You're not a whole hort. Oh man. <laughs> um, but uh, Daniel Yoverton, Michael Miller, good to be back with you guys again. Yeah. Um, so guys, right off the top, <laughs> we want to uh, tell you guys real quick, if you were confused last week with the, uh, the chapter that we did, um, we made a mistake, so I'll probably insert a little wah, wah <laughs> sound effect here, um, but we jumped um, Jude uh, and we went right to Revelation, which Jude is just one chapter, uh, but it was not programmed in our calendar when we were trying to figure out what we were supposed to do last week, but... It actually worked out perfectly because we started in the first book of Revelation, which is tied into kind of what we're doing for our Christmas series here for our sermons all all the month of December. So it works out well. Um, So today, because of that mistake, we had prepped for Revelation 8, and we're supposed to be on 7 today. So we're going to discuss both. Uh, We're going to discuss 8 more, but we'll kind of touch on that stuff, and then we'll get back on track with 14 next week.
1: Can we blame, like, Phil or Tiffany since they're not here can we say it's their fault? If
0: you like. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which, which one God should we? God will
0: judge you for it. But if Yeah, you exactly. Like, you... <laughs>
1: well, that's what this book's all about. So, I mean, so who are we going to pin? I'm I'll say we blame Tiffany. This, all this is all <laughs> Tiffany's <laughs> fault. I'm blaming <laughs> somebody. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> so, guys, anyway, today uh, we are going to be officially on Revelation 8, and we will also include a little bit of 7 in there as well. And like I said, next week, next Tuesday, we will catch up, and we'll get with uh, 14, where we're supposed to be. So to get us started today, we're going to go ahead and throw it to Michael Miller, and he's going to give us some context and uh, catch us up on Revelation where we are.
1: Yeah, context-wise, we have to remember who this letter was written to, right? There are people that are suffering, and they're looking for hope. So some of the stuff that we see, all this crazy power and stuff, is bringing these people hope because they're realizing that God is powerful, and they're seeing all these things that some of these things maybe have happened or are, are happening or going to happen. So that's, the, that's kind of part of the point of this. But we talked um, last week about like this intro. And then uh, and, and next thing that happens is we get these letters to the seven churches. And then we have this big throne scene in chapter four. Um, now, getting to where we are now, uh, we have the opening of these seven seals. So let me just run quickly and tell you what they are, right? The first four are these four horses, the white, red, black, and pale horses, okay? The fifth seal is martyrs. Then we have the sixth one, which is dis- disturbances. Then we have like this weird interlude where we talk about like the 144,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we'll see that that's theme the remnant, reoccur. Correct. Yes, we'll see yeah. that reoccur later. And then we have the seventh seal, which is silence in heaven. And that's where we are now is, is in eight, chapter 8, verse 1. And so what we'll get into after this whole seventh seal is seven trumpets. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we are. Now, I know there's tons of metaphor that... Who knows what all these things actually mean, but that's that's where we are right now in Revelation.
0: Yeah, and just so you know too, on the seals, what they're talking about is like back in... Back in the old days, um, they used Take to... Take us back, Brent. <laughs> what happened? They used to write in scrolls, and then they would roll them up, and they would seal them with a wax seal. So what they're referring to when opening,
2: breaking these seals is opening these scrolls right. that have judgments inside of them and stuff like that. So um, And then there's <laughs> also this whole scene like where no one can open the scroll. And so there's like oh, this yeah. kind of like weeping kind of scene where John is like weeping over the fact that no one can open it, and then all of a sudden... He has here that the lamb can open up the scroll, and so it's right. Jesus that can open up the scroll now. And and then later, the, the angel—this is in, like, chapter 11, I think—the angel tells him to eat the scroll and to <laughs> prophesy it. So, yeah, I, th- I don't—well, well, we don't think— You know what, John? You can eat that <laughs> scroll. <laughs> I know, exactly. It's kind of like a kid's punishment, right? You know, you make him eat, like, a, like a piece of paper or <laughs> something,
0: something like, like that. It's like the first— <laughs> uh, example of somebody like inserting a disc into a computer like if you <laughs> eat this scroll you'll be
2: able to spit out everything on it and tell it to other people like so it's in the computer you will download <laughs> a little zoolander reference there uh no yeah i think it's not i think i don't know if it's <laughs> that took me a second <laughs> yeah the, the whole eating of the scroll thing yeah so just know that there's going to be some things you're going to read in revelation and it's going to be confusing it's so imagery packed and uh and so there's going to be things that we're going to kind of point out from what we can see from John's interaction with the angel, with Jesus, uh, with the throne room instance, and then also these seals and the trumpets and the bowls and then these things that you're going to kind of come out and you're going to be kind of probably confused about what is actually happening. And just so you guys know, there's a great reference on YouTube uh, for the Bible Project. The Bible Project does this kind of read scripture thing where they go through and it's very, we've used it a couple times. Mm, yeah, it here is a good at, resource. Uh, yeah. yeah, here at Elevation uh, Community Church. And so... It is a it's it's a great visual kind of resource to mm-hmm. use uh, when it comes to especially something like this, which can be very confusing. Uh, so if you get a chance, you can go to just YouTube and just search uh, Revelation, the Bible Project, and you'll get uh, two different videos. It's it's broken into two different sections. And what's also really good is that they kind of compile uh, old comparison prophecies. So they'll say like, "Oh yeah, the four horsemen is it looks a lot like it is, or it's like the, the similar to the prophecy in Zechariah chapter one." And so right. you'll you can see like how it references back. And so that can be helpful too when you're, when you're reading Revelation is to know that there's some vantage points in Old Testament prophecy that you can kind of get a better picture of these things. Yeah.
0: So this is today's tomorrow's chapter. <laughs> Of Revelation
3: 8. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints of the golden altar before the throne, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth, and there were peals of thunder rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Now the seven angels, who had the seven trumpets, prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed hail and fire, mixed with blood. And these were thrown upon the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned and all green grass was burned up. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel blew his trumpet, And a great star fell from heaven Blazing like a torch And it fell on a third of the rivers And on the springs of water The name of the star is Wormwood A third of the waters became Wormwood And many people died from the water Because it had been made bitter The fourth angel blew his trumpet And a third of the sun was struck And a third of the moon And a third of the stars So that a third of their light might be darkened And a third of the day might be kept from shining And likewise a third of the night Then I looked And I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice As it flew directly overhead Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blasts of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow.
0: All right, guys, that is our chapter of tomorrow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we are living in the future right now. That's we awesome. are from the future. Everything has changed.
0: Um, so, I mean, what do you guys want to touch on first?
1: I'll throw something that's uh, over, like an overall kind of thing. Because we, we get into this stuff, and before we get into it, right, we're, we're probably going to have disagreements, and people have disagreed about all this stuff for a couple thousand years, right? Mm-hmm. So so what I want to throw out there is the, the a very simple thing. There's two things I see going on here that I think we can at least gain from this. One is we see God's power. Am mm-hmm. I Right. Yeah. So one thing that we can bank on is that God is powerful, and that's something we can apply to our lives, right? The second thing is that bad things happen. Now, regardless of whether some of this stuff happened in the past or is happening now or will happen in the future, bad things ha- have happened in the past, in the present, and will happen in the future. So, so prepare for bad things to happen. Maybe you're not going to see, you know— blood come from a mountain or whatever right (laughs) but bad things are going to happen and that's something that we that we're talking about all the time is why do bad things happen to good people and right and and look i don't know but we know bad things happen so we can prepare for that and bank on the fact that god is powerful so i mean we might argue about all the stuff but but we can um kind of hold fast to those two truths
2: yeah i think that um uh, when, one of the things, that, well, Brent, you, you commented about this, about mm. one of the things that really stuck out to you was the silence uh, yeah. in heaven. When, what, why did that stick out to you? Because that's a big deal, because there's been worship of God going on in heaven
0: from the beginning of time, like, mm-hmm. or beyond, you know? So um, something big has to be happening for silence to happen in heaven, and not just for a second where they're like, oh, what was that? Like, for 30 minutes, like, that's, that's intentional that is a big deal and that um that's a powerful thing so that really stood out to me
2: mm mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that uh that 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 was one of the things that really kind of yeah cuz i mean the the beast or the creature sorry four creatures have been saying holy 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 uh there's constant praise and worship going on adoration and glory towards god and it's almost like god just kind of stops that and like allows silence to just persist which had to have just been eerie, you know, I mean, or just very thick. I I kind of envision it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I think that, I think there is such a, uh, there's such a, I guess, such a, like you said, Michael, very powerful when it comes to these judgments. And uh, like you said, very, at the very beginning of the podcast, kind of setting up that, that there's so much persecution going on in the church right now. And a lot of what we're seeing is, is this true? This is a revelation of Jesus. This is a revelation of the power of God and what he has and what he has the ability to do. Even this, the first image that we get of Jesus uh, when he is just his eyes were on fire and he holds the power of death in hell. You know, and so this is, um, I think this is really, you, you, see, you see different pictures because the Jesus that we saw before, the Jesus that we, that was, you know, that we're celebrating right now, the baby that came in, and flesh and died for our sins was very meek uh, very humble uh, very much a servant and now you know we see him coming in power and so there's definitely a, a lot of a little bit of the difference i wanted to to bounce back to to revelation 7 which is what we're supposed to be on today perfect and <laughs> yes. uh, and i think this is really interesting cuz the 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 144,000 is very uh, is it's it's like a it's like a military census it, they are taking a census of all of the tribes of israel and, and I think that this could be taken literally that there is going to be twelve thousand people from each tribe from somewhere that are going to be like the one hundred and forty four you know thousand representatives or like they're going to be kind of put together and what's interesting though, and we talked about this in the previous podcast, is the difference between what John hears and what John sees. So it says that he heard. The number that was sealed, the number of the sealed, was 144,000, and he hears all of these from each tribe. And then after this, he looked. So in verse nine, it says he looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. And so it seems kind of contradictory, right? Mm-hmm. It seems contradictory that he could hear, you know, that there's a number. That's that's that you could actually add up and calculate, and then he turns and sees that there's a multitude of every nation, of every tribe, of all people, of all languages, so maybe standing a, before I the throne. I think it may be
1: a both and kind of situation.
2: I, I think it's more of instead of either. Because a lot of what they're saying here, a lot of the stuff that he hears is perceptions of like. Old Testament prophecies of different ways about the Messiah is supposed to look like. So they have the first time you see the the hear and then he sees is when he talks when it talks about the Messiah. I uh, I've, I've got to go back and see actually what chapter that's actually in that he uh, that he sees. Hold on, let me see if I can kind of go back to that. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, it's it's so you it's in it? four. And, it's in four and five. It's the throne of God. Okay. So he says that he he hears you know, he hears who's who's going to take the scroll, who's going to do it. It's going to, like, it's the Messiah. It's the one that's coming in power, the right. Lion of Judah, the Root of David. He is going to take yeah, take away the seal. But he turns and sees it's the slain lamb. Mm-hmm. So it's Jesus. Yeah. And so the hears and sees is, is, is going to be different. It's going like to be a, like, like a compare and contrast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of what we thought. And so what he's seeing is that, like, the remnant that's being saved you know, is, is is Israel, is what they think of Israel is going to be. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the perception that they have. But then he turns and sees, and he sees that it's, man, that's everybody. It's these multitudes of all interesting. nations. Huh. And, and so I think that there's a difference between our perceptions and what we think how it's going to go and how God is actually going to make things come into reality, in actuality. And so, uh, and I think when we see the the seals and the scrolls, uh, what's interesting, and we uh, you'll get to this in... Um, in the end of chapter nine, when the when the seventh trumpet is blasted, the last. Last trumpet after the eagle's like Whoa, whoa, whoa um, So, uh, which I just, I don't know I thought that was just really funny, I'm sorry <laughs> I, uh, It was like, you know, this eagle's taunting Everybody, are like flying ahead, like I'm not on the earth, so I'm not getting hit by this But whoa, 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 guys, it's about to be bad <laughs> Anyway, sorry <clears throat> I have to insert humor, or it's just gonna get weird I, I
1: think, Daniel, I think you should record like a, a rap Track about the whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. The yeah. eagle,
2: the eagle rap um, So so anyways, but at the end of, end of Chapter 9 uh, it's the last of the seven trumpets, and what it says, which is interesting, there is that the nations don't yeah. repent, and and so it puts on display the fact that just like Pharaoh, because the the seven trumpets are very similar to the the plagues in Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like the way they're described, the locust, different things like that, which right. you know could be the helicopters. Anyway, sorry, I'm <laughs> <clears throat> I'm gonna enter too much of my uh, sarcasm, and so anyway, so they're um, so the locust is very similar to. Like the so the trumpets are very similar to the plagues in Egypt, sure. and Pharaoh didn't repent, right? And so the nations don't repent. And what's interesting is that it's it's almost like you would think that judgment would bring repentance, but it doesn't. Yeah. Sacrifice, kindness, the love of God is the thing that brings repentance. Wow. And so you yeah. see all of this in judgment as this is how it's supposed to be. And God's like, actually, you know, the multitudes are going to be led by the slain lamb. Who's going to open the scroll? <laughs> It's gonna be this amazing, awesome Messiah. It's no, it's the slain lamb, you know. And so there's, yeah. I think this is where, uh, where we're getting a lot of interesting contrast between hearing and seeing, is that we have these perceptions. I think of how judgment is going to go, and and I'm not saying that what people have thought about how judgment is going to actually take place and what the, the interpretation of revelation will actually transpire. I'm not kind of trying to like, sure. open that can. I'm sure. just saying that like where, how we've perceived that things are supposed to go and what is actual in reality, it can be different when it comes to, The throne room of God and God's glory and what God is doing in our circumstances and so we can take and see this like judgment as vindication for all of the bad things that happen or you know we can see this as an opportunity to show that when bad things do happen we can walk in the path of the slain lamb and be the ones that show the world what the kingdom of God is actually like because the nations are not coming to repentance off of the judgment of God and we were having a conversation, uh, Brent was having a conversation of a situation that he had ran into. I like that. Brent was having a conversation, like, well, Brent so Brent was, Brent was in this corner Brent and he was, was just talking, talking to himself. It was we crazy, like, man. He's really crazy over there. Let's listen. And so, he, uh, so, anyways, <laughs> tell everybody, about yeah, it. tell the whole world about it through our podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Brent, uh, the, the cat's out of the back. And so, anyways, he was talking about a situation that he had with a guy who was a professing Christian, who was just so judgmental and so vehement and so venomous towards everybody that was in a a restaurant with him. And it was just kind of like, man, like he's missing it, like he's missing the boat and he's missing this idea that, and I think there's a stance that we can take of like, man, like if God is going to be, you know, judge sin and he's going to be wrathful and yes, like there is going to be a judgment time and there is consequences for sin. And that consequences for sin happen not in the white throne judgment it happens right now you know and so this is a product of the world that we live in it is fallen and it is cursed and it is broken right but that's what um, he said yeah exactly (laughs) but and but in terms like what then what do we do about it what do we do with that what do we do with this persecution what do we do with this fallen brokenness and when you see these nations all these tribes all these nations all these nations that are set aside this remnant they are walking in the way in front of the slain lamb, you know? And so I think this is, for me, jumping to application, we can take this, we can misplace revelation in our mind as a, as a way of vindication and now the final gotcha to all of the peop, evil people in this world. Or we can see this as an opportunity to walk in a different path because judgment is not going to bring the nations to repentance just like Pharaoh. It's the same kind of thing. You know, we are stubborn people. We will dig in our heels and we will just shake our fists to the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's kindness. It's the slain lamb, it's the sacrifice, it's the martyr sacrifice that you see that, that are kind of that are bringing going to bring people to repentance. That brings the nations to repentance. And that's the way the gospel spread in the book of Acts. That's the way the gospel spread throughout the world is the sacrifice of the church. And so I think we can get we know that this is the hope that we have that God is all powerful and that God holds death and hell in his hands and or Jesus does. And and so there's nothing that we need to fear when it comes to this, but then with that knowledge, what do we do with it? Are we do are we are we then going to then pass that judgment on to other people? Well, that's not even what Jesus came to do when he when he was here. And if we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus, Jesus came to not to to serve but to be served and to give himself as a ransom for many. And so I I that's why I think that this is. Um, I don't know why I went on this crazy long tangent I apologize I'm just i am just realized that I've talked for like 10 minutes straight and so uh I was gonna say preach it brother I preach know, it. I know I know but I just I don't know I think we, for me this has been very it's it's been good to read about this because it's it kind of gives me a better perspective than it's it's not about this fire and brimstone and this a third of this and a third of that and how like awful like the calculations of what it is and how tragic it is and uh but, I think it should break our hearts then for what's going on with humanity and also how we can then bring hope to humanity yeah and it's not going to be through millions of people dying, you know in judgment it's mm-hmm. going to be us laying down our life for the sake of them, so that they might see the love and that God has for them
3: well these yeah.
1: these chapters don't live in isolation either I yeah mean, it's uh the letter. <laughs> it kind of tells an interesting story. I mean, there's a climax, there's a crescendo, there's like, oh my goodness, all this crazy stuff's happening. But then, (laughs) as we're studying, you know, with this this series, you know, with the end in mind, Mm -hmm. that there is an end. If you look at Revelation you know, 21 and, is it 21, 22? Yeah. How many chapters in Revelation? 22, yeah, 22. Making sure I wasn't saying it the wrong way. (laughs) 21 and 22. It's actually a pretty good ending, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. So, I mean this i think daniel i think that you're on something that this should break our hearts because i mean it sounds like there's some of these things even though god's in, in control it sounds like like he wasn't just celebrating all this bad stuff because there's silence in heaven mm-hmm. I, I don't think this stuff is making god happy so i mean it's it's appropriate to have you know to take a look at this and not celebrate like yes all these people are gonna die awesome mm-hmm. this is a this is a sad moment but in the scope of the entire letter, this is the bad part, and it gets better, mm-hmm. right? Because Jesus, like you said, he does hold the keys to death and hell. And, and, you know, God, There there is a heaven. There There is something better. So there is good news. This is just a snapshot within a bigger story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, something I was going to touch on earlier, uh, talking about just the title of the book, like, people hear Revelation, and they're like, oh, man, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, like you said earlier, Daniel, It said it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, of who he is, of what is going to come. So I just wanted to give you real quick a definition of revelation just to kind of help take some of the, I don't know, the darkness that people think of when they hear this chapter. So um, Webster's Dictionary has revelation defined as a surprising and previously unknown fact, especially one that is made known in a dramatic way. Um, the making known of something that was previously secret or unknown. It's used to emphasize the surprising or remarkable quality of someone or something, in this case, Jesus, Um, the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to human existence or to the world. So that's literally why this book's called revelation because John was taken to heaven and this was revealed to him. So um, that maybe helps you not have as much of a, uh, a block towards this chapter yeah. and, and just, you know, this ominous name of Revelation. It literally just means that something was revealed that we needed to know. Um, the other one, I thought it was surprising, Daniel, what you were talking about um, with John in this chapter, where he was making these assumptions based on um, things that he had learned, things that he knew from previous uh, scripture, um, previous prophecy, all that kind of stuff. And then when he actually saw it, You know, I'm sure that those were, like, little, like, mind-blown moments. Like, oh, you know? So, and in a way, I actually related it to John, in a way, is doing what uh, Judas did to Jesus. Mm. He was expecting Jesus to be this almighty, powerful, he's come to, you know, to to make everybody pay, and we're going to win this thing, and instead, Jesus was the opposite. He was here to love people and to show them the way, and... Judas was not pleased with that because he was not what he thought he was going to be. Yeah. Um, so John kind of did that in the same way. like He was expecting this powerful, like, ah, oh, and instead it's the slain lamb, mm-hmm. you know? And it made me think, like, I think if any of this stuff happens dur- in our future, during our lifetime, whatever, it's going to be a lot of, like, mind-blown moments because a lot of it's probably going to not be what a lot of people think it will be. And it won't play out that way, but it made me excited even more for the day that I get to heaven. Yeah, and all is revealed, and my mind is blown. <laughs> like that's gonna be amazing, you know? Yeah. Because we we only know earthly things, and and we can only wrap our minds around things that make sense to us. And when we get there and all is revealed, it's just gonna be amazing.
1: I, I agree. Speaking of re, oh sorry. No, no, go ahead, Michael. I've, I I've, talked, I've talked. I've talked enough. That's speaking for sure. of revealing, <laughs> nice. Speaking of revealing, um, I was reading. Uh, we all were studying this stuff because some sometimes we come in here like, yeah, I got a pretty good grasp on this chapter. That was not the case here, <laughs> so I had to put some significant time in reading this stuff, and and, and I looked at some commentaries with it, and something that I think is interesting is we don't know, right? But we we don't know about when the different, the timeline. So like this chapter may have happened in John's future, but may have been in our past. And especially if some of these things are more metaphoric. Because, I mean, literally like a mountain could, like a volcano could blow up and put, you know, lava that looks like blood into the sea. And it could be something like that. It might be very literal like that. Mm -hmm. But there are theologians that think that this stuff is highly metaphoric, that maybe some of these stars falling from the sky, from from the sky might actually be politicians falling leaders falling kings falling right mm-hmm. emperors falling yeah and 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 some of these deaths that that could be wars that have happened in the past because of emperors and kings and such and like and the mountains falling uh, could could be more christian leadership they they some some uh, theologians think that that could represent heresies that have happened in the past and some of the results From the heresies, and we know we've seen like the crusades, and we've seen some terrible death and plagues and things that have already happened in the past that have resulted from the the, the failure of of leaders. So some of these things could have already happened. Again, it's still prophecy because these are hundreds of years after John writes this. But some of these things may have happened, and some of the things in revelation we know are in the past, like the seven churches he's actually sent these letters to the seven churches that yeah. were actual churches, yeah, so the tough thing is we don't really know what's in the past, what's in the present, and what's in the future. But I just found that interesting, like the thought that they might not be stars and mountains, they might be something else mm-hmm. and and how and how do we know
2: and and then the the even just the fact that there's seven uh, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, and they all end with the day of the Lord. They all end with the the final judgment, and so this could just be perspective on life uh, from three different perspectives. That they all kind of end the same way, but it's just from different angles of when it comes to like what we think about how the end times are going to actually happen and transpire. And so it may not be like seven sequential days of the Lord. And even I was I was looking at the um, chapter seven when it talked about which I think. I love this part in chapter 7 when the the multitudes of every nation are uh, are walking behind Jesus, you know, and they're clothed in white robes and they're crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And it says, and all of the angels were standing there on the throne and the elders and the four creatures, living creatures, and they fell on their face. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's amazing. Like, to me, like, that's like... What is what is being proclaimed there is that the Lamb has brought redemption to all of the nations, and it is, like, the glory of God. It is to the point where everybody in heaven falls on their face yeah. and worships, because what, what amazing power it is to bring worship through redemption, yeah. Yeah. you know, and and, and and this is us, this is our participation, like, that's... Those nations, we're the ones that are in the white robe. And and John is talking to the elders, and he says, who you know, he, the elders asking John, who are these people that are uh, w- that are clothed in these white robes? And he says, hey, dude, you know. And John was like, these are the ones that are, and the, the elder says, these are the ones that are coming out of the great tribulation. Yeah. And think back to chapter 1. They call it the when, army of
0: the tribulation yeah, saints. Yeah. yeah,
2: and think about chapter 1 when John is saying, I am your fellow brother. That is that is going through this tribulation, yeah. and so tribulation is just it's just a, a time of suffering. Mm-hmm. Right, and so this is these are these are the ones that are going through times of suffering, and but are walking behind the slain lamb in victory, yeah. and heaven erupts in worship, in awe, in just majesty from that. Yeah. You know, yep. and so like I mean, technically we'll be in that yeah w- which army <laughs> i guess the, the thing is maybe to think that we are but mm-hmm. we then like, in in the I, re- future, I retired but, dude i'm, I'm yeah. done with the army okay I know, but, but i think you want to join this one <laughs> i think what's kind of cool is that we can almost take this as this is now like yeah. we are the ones that are walking with jesus in front of us yeah. through the tribulation and it is bringing so much glory and honor to god like it is like you know i, I just i don't know i i, I think yeah. that that's like it's maybe we maybe like you were saying michael this doesn't necessarily have to be in the in the distant future you know this can be transpiring or tra- wait yeah, yeah. <laughs> transpiring transpiring whoa, monster whoa. or happening <laughs> let's say happening <laughs> while like right now like well we're walking in victory through the tribulation with the like with the slain lamb in front of us we are the ones that are the bringing the most glory to god on earth uh, bringing heaven down on earth, bringing his glory down, and I just, I think that's awesome. You know, I think yeah. that's that's part of like why we're doing this sermon series right now with, uh, with the end in mind and with forever in mind, is that then we live like that. We live with a different perspective when we think of ourselves walking in this glorious procession, uh, this presentation of Jesus and all of the nations and all of the tongues and all of the tribes, and how it is ha- it is so impactful to the glory of God. Yeah that's here that can be here and now as we are walking through suffering and as we're walking through it and so it's amazing that 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 that's victory victory is found through walking through suffering um which would make sense considering that's exactly what Jesus did and that's exactly what he's calling us to do and that's the thing that brings the nations to repentance
0: yeah and if you know if uh if we are doing that now if that is us it makes sense that we're clothed in white because mm-hmm. his his he paid for our sins, and right. we are believers of His. We we are clothed in white, so I think that's really cool too.
1: So, Brent, I got I got a question. I know you've studied like Revelation; it's kind of like one of your your things.
0: Yeah, but I'm more of a futurist on it, so I try to keep a lot in on this podcast to not taint anybody else's thoughts on it. <laughs> uh,
1: well, just just knowing that you've studied this more than I have, I just overall, like taking a, a ten thousand foot view, mm-hmm. kind of looking at it. If you were to say. Like in a couple sentences, what you think this letter is about. Mm-hmm. Like what would you what would you say that you think that revelation is about?
0: I think it's the um obviously it's John being shown something that got God's plan in a way. And I think that it is the the final chapter of redemption for humankind and for kind of the end of the beginning of the story of eternity.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah.
0: Because at the end of this is when, whether when you believe it happens, God, we've been told Jesus is coming back someday. So at the end of Revelation, whether you believe whatever, I do believe that that should line up for everybody. Jesus is coming back someday. He hasn't come back yet. So that is in the future still. Right. And that is when he establishes heaven. That's when he reshapes the earth. That is when we are all home together in communication and relationship with him forever. Mm. That's it. And that's why it gives me hope, even though it's, you know, if you look at it in certain ways, it can be super scary, but it gives me hope because it doesn't really matter what happens between now and then that's coming no matter what we think might happen between now and then based on what we read here. And God is all powerful. Jesus is coming back to take us all home. And that's all I really care about.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I I look at it very similar. I look at chapter twenty one and twenty two, and I get pretty excited. Yeah, I, I just see all these things leading up to that awesome end. That that's and again, that's
2: what we're studying right now. So yeah, yeah.
1: right with with forever in mind. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I, and I think living with that hope, like uh, that that that's the big application, is yeah. it? And I think that's what. The revel- what Jesus was giving John here was he was giving John and the church at that time and our church now hope. Mm-hmm. He's giving us hope about who he is, how, how powerful he actually is, and and hope that, you know, that God is going to make all things new and make all things right and do away with the curse. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a one... That, and then all of this will become so distant memory, if not memory at all. And right. we'll have just so much will be in paradise forever with Jesus.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I love, I too, that he loves us so much that he didn't just leave us hanging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he came and he told somebody this so that we could be told this message mm-hmm. and have that hope and not just be like, okay, God, like hanging out. What's what's going on? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and that, you know, that's a big deal. He took somebody up to heaven to show them things so that he could tell us things, you know? Yeah. So
1: well, and we're going to learn more here as we go. I mean, because right now we're talking about these these seven trumpets, right? But this is we're, only, we're not even halfway through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. So before we even get to our next, our, you know, our next podcast next week, we're you know, you guys are going to read through all these trumpets because we're only on like what the fourth one in this in this chapter. Yeah. So you'll see the the, the fifth, sixth, and seventh, which you get locusts, and you get the, the big army of like two hundred million people and these angels and these witnesses. Uh, you know, in, in Christ's victory, I mean, you see the craziness, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get into, like, this great conflict with this this woman and the dragon and a beast from the sea, a beast from the <laughs> land. We're going to have all kinds of fun. So so stick with us as, as, we, as we read through this stuff. You guys are going to have a, a lot of fun reading through.
2: Yeah. And, and once again, I like I said this earlier, if, if it gets confusing, you're like, what is happening here? Definitely check out the YouTube resources of of Read Scripture, uh, the Bible Project on Revelation. It's just it's just helpful. It's helpful to see it all kind of written out, and especially in a way that you can kind of visually—I'm more of a visual learner anyways, mm-hmm. and so that helps me. When I start reading all this stuff, I'm like, I don't even know how to connect the dots. You know, where was I in— what time in land was I in in like revelation (laughs) eight and I'm in revelation 12 where a woman and a dragon and a beast and a, what happened, you know? So yeah, it
1: helps. And the encouragement I have is take what you can Mm -hmm. from this stuff, right? If you see something and it speaks to you and you can apply it to your life, then rock with it. If not, don't get too consumed with it. Yeah. I mean, just do, do the best you can try and, 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 one thing that I always encourage people to do, and I try to do myself, and sometimes I forget, but before I dig into the Bible, take a time out, pray about it, pray that God can show you what what you need out of the Scripture, and 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 just and go into it and read, and then and even pray at the end. Maybe even take if you have time, take another time out and just pause and be in silence and reflect upon what you read. Let God give God that time to speak to you, um, because it you might dig into this and you you might get confused by different things but something might like the silence did for you Brent like Mm -hmm. something might speak to you and you're like wow they stood in silence in heaven for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and you might reflect on that and God might give you something from something like that so just take what you can don't get too
0: worried about all these crazy details yeah All right. so we'll go ahead and wrap it up there Um, I'll go ahead and pray us out and then we'll finish up and then we'll get caught up next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you as always for this time with my brothers here today to discuss you and your word, um, to just go deep and um, really get to the heart of things. Uh, we ask you as people are listening to this, especially through this, this uh, confusing book at times, um, that you would just do as Michael said, just let them take what applies to their life um, for this and not to obsess over details. Um, to just realize who you are Um, and to go out and live accordingly. So God, we just lift you up. We thank you for this uh, season. Um, I know that it's my favorite season of the year, uh, but this Christmas season um, where where people come together even more in your name and um, more people celebrate the reason that you came and um, that you gave your child, your son for us. So um, God, we just ask you to bless everyone who's listening um, and just be with us all, God. So we just uh, lift you up in your name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys, that finishes this episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. And I'll just go ahead and wrap up, man, unless you guys have anything else to say. Mm -mm. No? All right. So uh, don't take things too seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Take a chill pill. Uh, Listen to the Holy Spirit. Check your heart. And we'll talk to you next week.